the Pikey and Lout Show, Talking Taipans. Chris Pike and Alex Louton come to you with everything that is 100% Taipans. Let's go. It's Talking Taipans. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Pikey and Lout Show. We're here talking Taipans and we couldn't be more excited because it's finals time in the NBL and the Cairns Taipans are part of it. So plenty to look forward to on this week's show. Game one of the semifinals with the Perth Wildcats gets underway Friday night and then of course on Sunday we're live at the Cairns Convention Centre with the Taipans hosting the Wildcats. So plenty to get through. We've got a big announcement to talk about from the coach of the Taipans. The club awards night was last week. Lows, you were there for it. You're getting ready for, for a big week for the Taipans as well. How do I find you for another episode of the Pikey and Lows show? Good day, Pikey. Great to be here on episode 15 for the Pikey and Lows show. I'm pretty pretty happy with that, Pikey. Oh, it must have been, been enjoyable sort of first season, if you will. Um, you know, this thing has come a long way and we're starting to hit our straps a bit. So uh, yeah, let's get into it. This episode of the Pikey and Lows show proudly brought to you by Cairns Total Physio. Less pain, more life. Staten's Plumbing Company, plumbers who care. And your fitness, your body, your choice, your time, your fitness. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I think we've done a good job. We came into this thing with our eyes closed about how a podcast would come together, but we've received some great support. You've been a great co-host. You've put in a lot of great effort to get us a lot of great guests, and we've got another one on on this week's show as well. So we look forward to hearing from a stalwart of the Taipans organization later in the show and one of our great supporters here on the Pikey and Lau show. But first of all, you were at the club's awards night Last week you were a special guest. How did it go? Did you did you enjoy the the evening? A special guest at a, at a friend's table. It wasn't an official in any official capacity or anything. But um, all the award winners well deserved. Was there any surprise as well? I did. Have, I did have a wager for members MVP. A friend of mine said a box of Coronas, which I you know. I don't really drink Coronas anymore, Pikey, as you know. It's all Hemingway's all the way. Absolutely. But he goes, a box of Coronas for uh, members MVP. He's got money on Scotty Machado. I was like, well, just hold the phone here because, you know, Cam Oliver's been flexing to the crowd. He's given him dunks. He's given him all sorts of entertainment value. And I thought, ah, you know what? It might just be a dark horse for members MVP. So I shook hands on it. And uh, when the uh, the number came up, Cam Oliver all the way, I was like, oh, oh yeah, it's lousy with the W. So there'll be... Uh, a box of beers waiting for me uh, by the end of this week. So great job by the Taipans. The the room was set up very tropical themed. Really looked really nice. They did a great job. They had uh, multiple like three or four screens with you know the side screens would have some digital information profiles of whoever was speaking. Uh, but they also had mm. uh, videos going on the front screen as well. So it's quite quite advanced. Quite a, a well set up night. Um, and yeah, just just enjoyable videos by Greg Maxwell, a mate of mine who does a lot of uh, filming. So sure. so that brought the and um, I think a great night, a great season to celebrate for the guys. And you know, one thing I did notice, I guess, all the speeches from the players, from the award winners, really, really heartfelt. Pikey, they really, they really back, like, had each other's back. They really um, were complimentary of of the team and the, and the culture and everything like that. So it, it's really positive signs. I mean, winning winning cures a lot of things. It smooths over a lot of bumps in the road. Perhaps the first few rounds weren't so rosy, but you know, they they 
they've fought through adversity and they've they've now got this uh, these bonds that uh, you know between between each other that you know it's hard to break them now because uh, they've had some great success and and emotionally I think a lot of these players have benefited a lot from this year. Cam Oliver's one of them. You know, not sure whether he you know announced it on microphone whether you know you're not sure whether he'd play ever again after that ankle injury. You know, six months before. Or nine months before, you know, signing here. So yeah, it happened in January of last year. Yeah, yeah, he was quite sort of a, you know, really grateful for the opportunity. And you know, you mentioned that the Wildcats were recruiting him as well, and it was Taipans or Wildcats. And he's like, mm, Wildcats weren't right, weren't the right fit. It just didn't feel right. It just didn't feel right. So it was, it was a night that you could really observe uh, how close this group is. You know, with that in mind, when you travel into a hostile environment, postseason play, you really come back to. To how well your, your team uh, looks out for each other and plays hard for each other rather than splintering off into individual efforts. It's a good foundation to have leading to postseason play and credit to Mike Kelly for um, you know the way he has steered uh, a group of unknowns on paper you know into a postseason threat forcing the Wildcats to replace their big you know bring in Gramble to bring in Plumley quickly for I'm guessing yeah, around absolutely. 50k a month just a simple little <laughs> side deal and um, mm. you know such is the luxury that they have they wouldn't be able to compete with the Taipans if they didn't no I don't think you so know, so absolutely yeah Cam has been terrific in the games against the Wildcats this season especially that first game mm. over in Perth in the in the big win and even in the loss at Cairns mm. he was terrific as well so yeah I'm sure the Wildcats made that move with that in mind now the awards night we've got some big news about Mike Kelly to talk about as well but before we get to that I wanted to run through those who received awards on the night Lows and, and I'll just get your thoughts afterwards about what stood out first of all club person of the year went to Ash Constable the coaches award Fabian Krislovich the commitment to community award Koat Noy and of course defensive player of the year when you win the NBL's award you'd be pretty stiff not to win it for your club so DJ Newbel the players player award great to see Jared Kenny come back from Brisbane the night before where he tore up the Boomers playing for the Tall Blacks to receive the Players Player Award then. The Members Choice MVP Cam Oliver and of course the MVP was Scotty Machado. What stood out to you from those? Oh look, uh, there, there was um, you know just a lot of good things. Uh, obviously Fab, you know, really coming to life in, in the season there. Great to see him get nod from the coach saying, hey, great effort. You know, quite not out for seven weeks but um, I, from all accounts, picked up the, the promo hours um, a lot. So, you know, his involvement in the community uh, was was really exemplary. Jared Kenny winning the Players Player, um, really well-liked amongst the boys. And uh, he promised me he'd give an indication of uh, length of the mullet from uh, the back of the neck down, like just the tail end. He's, uh, we'll, we'll get a number to you uh, by, by the next show. Defensive player, obviously DJ Newble. But, I mean, I thought Cam Oliver had a fantastic defensive year, probably one of the more intimidating players to come up against in um, you know compared to other teams and things like that so I thought you know that was a pretty good get some pretty good numbers uh, in votes for a defensive player uh, when when the coaches sort of think about that position but obviously DJ standout year uh, in the league in uh, overall so um, no great great to see that award and obviously Scotty Machado just leading the leading the way from the from the start really just being able to get everybody involved so uh, no it was good it was uh, it was really nice features all the awards 
and Mike Kelly obviously uh, announcing some big news during the night. Absolutely, and I, no- I noticed that you were pretty happy that he kept his speeds short this year, so I don't know if that means that he spoke a bit too long last year, Lowes, but certainly at the end of his speech, Mike Kelly made the announcement that made the whole room delighted when he announced that he would be re-signing for the next two years with the Cairns Taipans, meaning that he'll be head coach for at least four years, and based on what he's done for these last two years, you'd think he has every chance to continue beyond that, but there was definitely some news that was was met with a lot of joy in the room and by everyone associated with the Taipans. Yeah, look, I mean, anytime you can lock away stability um, and, you know, you get some continuity, it starts obviously with the head coach having some success. You want to build on that. So, I mean, that's the first one. We don't know what other deals have been signed off uh, or whether there's clauses in there that, that would need to be fulfilled over the course of NBA Summer Leagues and all that sort of stuff if that doesn't eventuate for some of the import stars sort of wait with bated breath on that front but certainly from a coach's point of view you know he's been here two years the, the family's relocated numerous times he's assistant coach in uh, college he's been nine years assistant coach in the NBL so he's put the family through a lot of travel a lot of different teams for 14 15 years and now at age 50 51 he signed his first head coach job and you know moved the family once again to a tropical climate from Melbourne now that two years on they're able to continue that and continue to establish roots and I think the family will benefit from that you know and their son just made the uh, Queensland North State team so he's finding some success in this environment as well so just a great great story for the family to be able to be established and continue grow roots here in in the tropics which is (laughs) quite easy to do (laughs) with uh, the way things grow around this place but um, no I think he's I think it's a good thing for for the Kelly family and uh, you know positive signs in in only two years as head coach I usually say it takes three or four years before a new coach really knows ex, their exes and knows that they would that will they will go to it takes a sort of good three or four years to very quickly um, you know what you're running and what's going on and in situations having those tools to to draw on so within this second year he's got coach of the year and already showing that you know he's leading his assistant coaches as well they, you know, they have their arguments in the office, but then they come out as one unit, Pikey, and that's the difference. The players will sense if there's fractures. They Mike Mike keeps his coaching team together. They have their heated debates behind uh, the closed doors of the office, and then they'll front to the players as, as one unit, having decided what direction. Uh, and that's a huge difference because I've had I've had coaches that you know try, try and sort it out on the practice floor, and each assistant's trying to you know get their piece in, and, and you know the loudest voice sort of wins, and it just it's just so disruptive. And so it's a credit to Mike, obviously, the way he's handled his business and, and um, you know, the players have all bought in. So really, really positive. It just all sets the stage for firm foundation, not only for the postseason, but now with two more years coming to the type ends wave with Mike. It's good signs. We've talked a lot about Mike Kelly and the great job that he's done, and rightfully so. And we've also discussed the well-constructed team that he's had at his disposal, and, and that's credit to him and the management of the type ends as well. But wanted to touch on the coaching staff he's got around him as well. I feel like it's pretty much the perfect mix. You've got an experienced assistant coach like Jamie O'Loughlin who at any point could step up to be his own head coach at a club should an opportunity arise. Then you've got a young up-and-coming coach like Brad Hill who had a strong playing career and probably still could be playing if his body allowed him to and he's obviously got a coaching pedigree in his family as well. And then you've got a somebody like Lennon Smart who was building a strong reputation and earning his stripe back in Perth at the Lakeside Lightning but he decided to pick up and relocate himself and he's made a, a really strong first impression as well. 
well. Do you feel like this coaching staff is almost the perfect mix? Um, I think they've, they bring different skill sets to the table. I mean, uh, look at Jamie Lachlan, many years at, at Perth, he's a Geelong uh, guy from, you know, where he started his hoops, uh, uh, love of hoops. And, um, you know, so he, he's moved about it a bit, played under some great coaches and has, it's got a lot of drive and almost never-ending energy. <laughs> he's, uh, he's, he's, he's always got his barrel of energy. So sometimes <laughs> I got to say, mate, I'm just a bit exhausted here. You know, you could talk the, the leg off a chair. I, I, Lousy just needs to have a rest. But uh, no, like, he's, he's very switched on and, um, you know, compliments Mike Kelly a lot. You know, Brad Hill comes from a coaching pedigree. His dad, Richo, very successful coach in the South Australian League um, and very, very well-respected coach as well, old Richo. So um, Brad might sometimes come across as a little bit aloof, uh, but but I think there's a lot of uh, basketball IQ um, and he's really sort of come to life over the last uh, year in terms of the coaching side of things. And I think he really thinks things through and he, and he um, has a good basketball brain for ideas. And, and I remember last year even um, he would say, you know, well, what about this and what about that? And, and really probe, ask the players questions. And he was very open and very like a sponge, kind of just soaking up stuff. And uh, yeah, very, very even keel with his um, <laughs> with his approach. So he's, I think he's very likable from a player's point of view. He's played there before. Um, he does have that, that ankle injury uh, that was surgic, uh, required surgery. And I think it sort of sent his playing days um, over. So he can't actually run around that, that crate anymore, unfortunately. I don't think he'll, he'll see any court time in the near future for a, a Marlins cameo or a, a anything like that. But um, I, I don't, and I don't know much about Lennon Smart except from a few uh, interactions with him this year and, and very impressive uh, young man. He's uh, obviously yeah, relocated on his own uh, account to get involved and seems to have you know a really uh, deep desire to, to get in amongst everything. Um, a quick example is you know they have these meetings with all the support staff, you know, physio, dietitian, all that, all this stuff that you know, and, and he comes along to all those meetings, um, even though there might not be a whole lot in it for he just sees it as an important thing to be there at seven o'clock in the morning on the start of the week or the or the month, whatever the schedule is. But yeah, he's there, like he, he's putting in the effort and um, showing all the signs of fully committing to a professional outfit. So that, that's that's the pieces in place, and we haven't even talked about Brett Habercroft um, with the the manager um, side of things and and what he's brought to the table. Yeah, you know. it's a great point. First time the Taipans have ever had a full time team manager. Well, it's a great move and and very very much needed. Um, you know, I was I was definitely vocal about what they should need from that standpoint because it just makes you know looking looking after the players. I think is the most important thing. They they're your they're your highest commodity. There's your that they should be your at the top of your um, uh, chain of, of people to make sure that you're servicing. So, um, you know, the, the playing group is your biggest asset and you got to look after them. You know, Brett Habercroft is, provides meals, snacks, uh, everything for the players to quickly uh, get into straight after a training when you've got a 20-minute window where you've, you know, you've got to load up on some fuel. He's got it already. Players need certain things before training. He's got it already and then he's there every day. You know, he doesn't miss a beat. So, and he, and he travels it now they travel on the road so they used to travel with two assistant coaches and it's too much you know to for two assistants to handle everything now they travel with three assistants and one manager you know all of a sudden players are looked after um, and they're, ha- they're having some success and it's not it's not there's never now an issue it's like well you know we didn't look after the players and you know all that kind of stuff so it's um, it's a more expensive route but 
in the end, if you have success, it ends up paying for itself. And I think that's that's got to stay. It just has to stay. Great segue as well into our special guest this week, Lau's probably the longest serving club staff member at the Taipans. Probably the longest serving physio right across the NBL as well. Maybe we can have a look into that. But a man who has made the Pikey and Lau's show possible thanks to his support through the Cairns Total Physio. Tom Ma, he's been a terrific servant of the Taipans and a great servant of yours, Lau's. He got you through those nine years of your playing days with the Taipans, continue to, to do great things and you were lucky enough to catch up with him this week. Oh, mate, it's uh, it's the co-owner now of Cairns Total Physio. Uh, used to be the sole owner and now, uh, so Tom Ma and uh, Timothy Lowcock are now, uh, well, I don't know if it, they're 50-50, but uh, Tom Ma's certainly been involved for a very long time with the Cairns Taipans as a uh, young physio and then ended up taking over the business as well, um, not too many years after starting. But yes, I think the longest serving current um, staff member. If I look quickly back, I mean, Aaron Firm would have providing services to the Taipans for at least 19 years, I believe, something like that. Um, in terms of current staff, you've got basically Tom Ma and Mark Beecroft, which I believe started maybe 04 or 05, maybe as an assistant coach somewhere in there. Um, but yeah, Tom Ma since 2001, 2002, you know, always there alongside the, the boys and certainly seen a lot of teams come and go. He's seen, um, you know, the the, the GFC and the changes that happened there, the move to the community model. So he's seen a lot of different teams come through and actually has some pretty good insights into, um, you know, comparing uh, this this year's team with some of our past Type Ends teams. Let's have a listen. Okay, I'm here with the Pikey and Lousy show, Talking Taipans sponsor, Tom Ma from Cairns Total Physio. Uh, how are you going today, Tom? Yeah, good, thanks, Lousy, mate. Now, looking back at the history books, now you are one of the longest serving Taipans to date. I'm looking back at the numbers. What, what year did you start helping out the club? Well, I probably started back in uh, the 2001, 2002 season, even when I was working for the uh, previous physio of the Taipans, who was the original physio. Um, so I was sort of treating players in the clinic. Um, and even in that period, went on sort of one of the road trips where they had about four games in a trip. So, um, so yeah, it's been quite a while. So uh, the only other name that pops to mind is, is Mark Beecroft, which is, I, I believe he might have started 2003, 2004, but I'm going to check on that. So between you and Mark, you were the longest serving for the Taipans. Now, you've seen a lot of action over the years. Um, we were just talking before, they only started to take physios on the road road uh, after a few years that you were involved, is that right? Yeah, the 2005-2006 season was when our Cairns Total Physio took over as the um, the official physios and yeah, that was when they first started taking the, the uh, physio travelling with them when Alan Black took over as coach and um, yeah, I guess they just wanted to up the ante on that that aspect of the uh, professionalism of the club. So you've seen a lot of teams in your history then since 2001-2002. Um, is, is there any other team that this year's Taipans, the 2019-2020 Taipans, do they remind you of another team from another year at all? Oh look, I think that that 2014-15 team that you know finished top of the ladder and. Um, you know they've they've kind of emulated that success this year, but more so just the uh, off off court camaraderie and the way the guys uh, mesh together and get on. I think that's probably the the biggest similarity. Um, you know the imports they've got this year are a bit older than what you know Scotty Wilbekin and Tory Craig were. 
um, back then. Um, so they've probably brought a, a different um, level of maturity in, in some aspects with that. But um, yeah, I think that's probably the closest comparison. So Scotty Wilberton would have been 21 years old. Tory Craig would have been a fresh-faced 22-year-old, happy-go-lucky, fresh out of uh, you know college and uh, you know ha- happy running around the yard sort of thing. We've got a 28-year-old Scotty Machado, a seasoned vet. Uh, we've got a 24-year-old Cam Oliver and a 26 or 27-year-old DJ Newbill. Um, so that maturity level, you've you really noticed the difference, I guess, there. Oh, for sure. And I think that then um, feeds on to the rest of the, the playing group. You know, Scotty has played in multiple countries at, at multiple different levels and, you know, he's got a lot of experience there. So for him, you know, different situations in, in games aren't, aren't something he hasn't seen before. So I think he has that level of, of calmness about him that then just, you know, feeds out to the rest of the group. And, you know, DJ is much the same, really. He's, um, you know, he's pretty, pretty calm. Um, Collected, you know, he doesn't get too flustered or he doesn't get too over the top. So I think that that helps the group. And DJ's had an outstanding year this year. Uh, has it been exciting for you to see firsthand, I guess, uh, his improvements and his growth as a as a leader? Oh, for sure. And you know, he came in last year and he was he was still a, a leader within the group. Um, but this year, I think that's taken taken the next step up with um, being a co-captain with Nate. Uh, and I think the the guys in this year's team have really responded to him and the way he's led from the front. Um, um, and he's just had some great, great other players around him this year that's really allowed him to, to show what he can do at this uh, NBL level. Perfect. Now, Cairns Turtle Physio on Mulgrave Road, of course, servicing all of the local sports as well as the, the flagship teams in those clubs, though, Cairns Marlins, Northern Pride, all those kinds of things. Is it just for athletes here at the clinic, Tom? No, no, not at all. We, uh, we see a, a wide variety of uh, age groups and... Um, you know, people in different aspects, whether it's sport, work. Um, so yeah, we you know one day we might be treating six, seven year olds, and then we've got our, our old favourite dot, who's 94, 94, 95. 95. Now she's uh, what what's she's her, what's her goals? What does she do here at the clinic? Um, so basically, with dot, we're we're really trying to, I guess, you know. Uh, maximise her quality of life at her age so she comes in and works with our exercise physiologist um, to do some exercises to maintain strength uh, her balance and then um, you know at her age she's had a few few uh, injuries over the years she's had a couple of knee replacements and that so the physios help her maintain the mobility and that um, in regards to, to her knees so uh, yeah I mean she's a she's an old favourite of ours she comes in probably an hour before her appointment's due so yeah. she can yeah. come in and have a chat to the reception staff and everyone and then she st- she stays after her appointments and has a, a cup of coffee and a piece of cake with us all so um, <laughs> yeah I mean it's as much a highlight of the week for us as it is for her no doubt. So she probably doesn't mind the look of some of the physios. Um, what about what about some of the younger uh, younger crowd? What what are the kids coming for? Obviously uh, aspiring athletes themselves or what, what are they mainly come in for at that age? Yeah, a lot of it can be um, probably, you know, growing related issues that often pop up due to overuse, you know, I think uh, a lot of kids these days just do so much sport and activity and, you know, there's all the um, pathways that exist now, you know, with different uh, talent identification programs. So, you know, kids could be doing club uh, club training, school training, rep training and some sort of talent pathway training and it's, it's quite a lot and that's probably the main things that we uh, see as a result of that. Well, the Pikey and Lowe Show certainly thanks you, Tom, for your sponsorship of the show and we're getting a, a lot of uh, people in the street saying that they love it. So a big thanks to you for, for uh, sponsoring us all season long and we look forward to, to success in the postseason with the Titans. 
Yeah, thanks, Lazzy. It's uh, it's great that you know you've uh, maintained your involvement with uh, with basketball and the Taipans and, and Pikey there with you as well. So I think it's a great initiative. Thanks, Tom. Big thanks to Tom uh, for that interview. Um, just a, yeah, great to have his support uh, along with our other sponsors. But you know, Tom was there right from the from the start for the Pikey and Lau show, and uh, just such a, a monster uh, effort to be with the club for so many years. And uh, hats off to Tom and all the work that he's done. And as it continues, you know, over the course of the rest of this season and into the next one, so you know, it's a huge uh, a huge effort. Absolutely, and great to hear from from him as well. And let's be honest, here on the Pikey and Lau show, when we first broached the idea of doing a podcast. We had no idea if anybody would be willing to support us, but Tom never never doubted us for a second. And like I said, through Cairns Total Physio, was quick to support us, and we couldn't thank him enough for making making this possible for us. And great insight that he provided there as well, and and shows that he's much more than a physio. He has a good understanding of basketball, has been around a lot for the Taipans, seen a lot of ups and downs. Great to see him remember some of the highlights, including that Scotty Wilbekin season, and great great effort. By you to catch up with him and hopefully all of our listeners enjoyed listening to him as well this episode of the pikey and Lau show proudly brought to you by cairns total physio less pain more life statin's plumbing company plumbers who care and your fitness your body your choice your time your fitness Now, Laos, we had a, had some questions last week about why the NBL final series didn't start straight away. Why it didn't start the week after the regular season and continue on from the momentum that was built, I guess, through the, the thrilling end to the regular season. But there was a reason, and that was because of the FIBA Asia Cup qualifiers for 2021. So both the New Zealand Tall Blacks and the Australian Boomers had two games to play last weekend. So the NBL decided to sit it out and, and take a break and let the momentum build again. And I guess anticipation build for the final so first up last Thursday in Brisbane was the Boomers taking on the Tall Blacks and a team featuring Jared Kenny from the Taipans who who had a really good game for New Zealand Shay Yelly as well the other player that's preparing to play finals for Melbourne United coming up against the Sydney Kings was outstanding and then a, they had a couple of players with the points to prove I thought Ruben Tarangi who didn't get the minutes that he probably hoped for Brisbane this season had a standout game Rob Lowe was tremendous as well and the Tall Blacks for the first time in a 11 years was able to beat the Boomers at 108 to 98 and then both teams backed up on Sunday with the Boomers staying in Brisbane to host a weakened Hong Kong team and to win impressively by 63 points that that was a pretty emphatic result by by the Boomers 115 to 52 with the son of Warwick Giddy the Melbourne Tigers champion Josh Giddy catching a lot of attention and then the Tall Blacks made it a perfect weekend as well they went over to Guam the biggest game in the history of Guam basketball a packed stadium they had Ty Wesley and Ty Wesley's brother Ernest Ross who's somebody that you're familiar with Laos from playing against in the NBL and potentially even in the SBL over in Perth I'm not sure but he played at a couple of clubs over there as well but the Tall Blacks made it two from two 113 to 94 victory anything anything stand out to you from that and are you happy with the fact that the NBL takes a break to play these FIBA games or would you like them to play through it or 
Is it just a reality that you take this break now when the windows open up? Well, obviously the top four teams didn't really send anyone except Jared Kenny and Shea Ely were definitely, it looked like no one was going to stop them from having a chance to play for the Tall Blacks. And, uh, you know, Jared played well. I mean, he's, if anything, um, you know, he's he's kept the fire hot. Um, he played 18 minutes, eight points or eight to 10 points, I think. Um, they got they got a big win, obviously, against Boomers. So, I mean, yeah, he's uh, he backed it up fine the next day at the awards night. So, uh, you know, it was, it was great for to have some international competition, some young Boomers is getting a chance to uh, don the green and gold. Yeah, I think I think it's here to stay though, Pikey. I think that the windows that they've carved out of the, the yearly calendar, um, you know, it's just going to be one of those things that falls when it does. But I mean, it's it's a bit of a, it's a momentum killer for teams that, you know, were winning going into the playoffs and it's also a momentum stopper teams that were lost badly in the last round of the season. Like, it's a bit of an equaliser, you know, having that two-week gap. Whoever comes out of this uh, period of no games uh, first we'll we'll have a good chance at uh, making it through to the grand final series so uh, we'll see what happens on Friday night yeah absolutely Lyle. let's get straight into it of course the series we're worried about is the Taipans against the Wildcats game one at Perth's RAC Arena on Friday night and then at the Cairns Convention Centre expect 5300 vocal and raucous Orange Army fanatics at the Cairns Convention Centre I think tip-offs 5pm on Sunday and then if required game three back in Perth on the following Thursday. Plenty to look forward to, Laos. What do the Taipans need to do to win this series and advance to a third grand final for the club? Well, they leave Wednesday, um, you know, a day more than normal in the regular season. You normally go the day before game. This time we're going two days out, which makes sense. You get a good training in on Thursday. Nothing too crazy. Just just hitting up uh, all the all the essential points, uh, and then you're rolling into the game Friday, fresh fresh legged and recovered from any flight stuff. Here's, here's what I'm expecting, Pikey. Trevor Gleeson is an, uh, a master of utilizing the media, and um, so he's I I predict he will put something out Wednesday or. Thursday. Thursday that tries to put Mike Kelly off his game, something along the lines of, well, the Wildcats never get fouls uh, called on them and we have, a, we have a really tough time. Like it'll be something whiny, something whingy, something kind of like drawing attention over here. Look over here, look over here, you know, and so uh, he's well, he done did the exact same it, thing in the semifinal series before game one against the Brisbane Bullets last season. Exactly right. Exactly right. So let's let's see what it is. Uh, when he does it, we'll go right there. There's that Trevor Gleeson media stunt that we knew was coming. So that's the first thing I'm expecting. Uh, Trevor Gleeson using the media. Um, second, there's no one more eager to get involved in this game than the three refs. Now, players have the jitters. Refs have the jitters as well. Uh, and it's that first sort of few minutes where they just want to establish the game. We can't, the refs are probably thinking we can't let this game get physical early or get out of control early. Otherwise, we'll have our hands full at the end of the game. We've got to control the tempo and, and sometimes it can just, I feel, you know, they can be a bit overzealous, overwhistle happy in that first few minutes. So the bigs especially have to keep their hands out and not even bait the refs into calling something that seems simple enough. The, the dust has to settle in that first five minutes before uh, players can sort of, they've got to let the game come to them. But obviously I'm speaking from experience by being maybe a bit too overzealous trying to get a board and then guard will go onto you and then you get a foul for that or something like that so basically I think the, the players just have to be aware that whistles could could change the course of the game very quickly and you don't want if you're a cam all of you don't want two fouls in that first quarter so you've you got to kind of uh, keep that in check the third thing that I think is going to happen is you know Damian Martin is a uh, staunch defender and often gets away with a lot of stuff come finals basketball he'll be extra Damian Martin-y and I think he'll get away with roughing up 
um, our guards. So here's the the third thing is that if we if the Taipans waste time complaining about no calls instead of just being laser focused on you know moving forward next play type of attitude, if we waste time complaining about no calls, then they'll get themselves into a funk, and that's not what you want in game one. So basically, it's it's mental strength, uh, mental toughness to be able to go, man, it's physical out there, but we're going to play through it even though the, the calls aren't coming. Because I feel like in a hostile environment, 13,000 fans, I don't think the Wildcats are going to get fouls called on Damien Martin, who ups the ante and gets his hustle on and gets in the jocks of uh, Machado and DJ Newbel and all that. So... I think, yeah, just having an awareness of non no calls, having awareness of getting calls on the tie pans that, that send someone to the bench. And like I mentioned before, just a little bit of a media stunt by Coach Gleason. Yeah, we'll look out for that. Now, we spoke about this a little bit last week, Lau's on the show, and we discussed it in some detail, but I wanted to get your thoughts again on how the Taipans best handle what the Wildcats will be throwing at them in terms of the full-court press, the trapping in the backcourt of Scotty Machado, or indeed if he gets the ball in the front court, they'll trap him, double-team him, and just do everything they can, you know, through largely Damien Martin and Mitch Norton to get the ball out of his hands and make somebody else have to make a play for the Taipans. So that's clearly going to be the game plan for the Wildcats. It's worked at different times for different opponents against Cairns this season and, of course, most notably in that game against Brisbane two weeks ago. But what's the best best way for the Taipans to overcome that and still to execute as well as they can? No secrets with all the coaches that are you know, well advanced into talks on this issue. Chato will be double teamed even in the um, when he brings it down the floor. You know, if there's an on ball in the middle middle of the court, you know, he'll just get double teamed till he gets rid of it and they'll make somebody else uh, make the play. Uh, that'll happen full court as you just mentioned in the press as well. They'll double team, get the ball out of his hands and not deny the ball back to him so that he can't sort of do his thing so they're going to try and make life tough for Machado and just basically make someone else you know make the play make the winning play that just remove Machado out of the picture as best they can so that's that's pretty much game plan that you know Gleason would have drawn that up after the Melbourne game before the the top ends even um, finished that game as well as and then he would have seen it again in the Brisbane Bullet that seems to be the go and now the top ends a bit sloppy in those games and I didn't like how you know those turnovers kept creeping up in, in the number column there so the, the the Taipans have to be really, really sharp with how they distribute the ball when the pressure comes and the double teams ultimately come for Scotty. Now, the other big matchup, or one of the other big matchups for the game and the series will be the MVP of the league, Bryce Cotton, and the league's best defensive player, DJ Newbel. So, obviously, it's a big job to try to limit the influence of Cotton from a Cairns point of view. Um, DJ's the best man equipped to do it. He's done a Done it a, a good job of it a couple of times this season already. But from a tight end's point of view, do you let DJ just go one on one with him? Do you double team Cotton at times, or do you just throw different looks at him throughout the whole series? I think you got to throw different looks at him. I do back DJ in spurts um, on Bryce, but Bryce is a gun as well, and and a lot lighter, and you know, just a real nice game of being cagey and light and drawing fouls and kicking out the legs um, to draw those fouls. So um, it'll be be. 
regarding Bryce by committee, and they'll have to, um, you know, make sure it's aggressive. If it's drop, if it's drops on the on ball all the way with Bryce, he's just going to pull up or step back for three, or you know, he's just going to have his way coming off those on balls. But if it's aggressive, then at least he's got to move backwards before he can move forwards uh, in those on ball situations. So I think they've got to got to be the aggressor in this situation when guarding Bryce, uh, and pretty much the same thing. Make Damien Martin make threes. Make make other guys make threes. I think they match up evenly, to be honest, because the starters are so strong in providing the bulk of the numbers, and then the bench, both benches score about 24, 25 points a game. So you know, not not the strongest in the in the league. I'd say you know we talk about Sydney having a pretty deep bench and thirty one points coming off the bench, but yeah, Wildcats and Taipans probably match up the best out of any team in the postseason. Any two teams in the postseason. So it's going to be a real arm wrestle, I think. Um, you know that the first five minutes is going to be key. Which team settles into a rhythm first, and then um, yeah, which which one makes it tough for the other. So is this game gettable? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, absolutely, the game one is gettable. I think Wildcats have all the pressure in in that regard. For the Taipans, it's a bit of a free swing, but you know you've got to, you've got to hold Ford at home in the playoff situation. So I think the pressure is on the Wildcats, and you know should the Taipans win, then game two is going to be a absolute cracker back in Cairns. But um, so it's a crazy one. I think it's going to be pretty tight. From a Cairns point of view, the matchup I'm most concerned about is trying to limit the influence probably at both ends and on the glass and on the scoreboard of Nick Kay for the Wildcats. Um, with Cam Oliver and Nate Jawai set to have their, I guess, their focus occupied by matching up with Miles Plumley and Majuk Majuk, that means that I guess it, it gets it comes down to Majuk Deng and even even Fab Krislovich to try to limit Nick Kay. What needs to go right for the type answer to, to do a good job in, the, in that one? Yeah, look, um, the, the side note is with Nick Cave making first team, Cam Oliver's got him squarely in his sights as like, you know, that's all the motivation I need. Like, that's kind of what, what Cam will be thinking. Um, you know, for Nick, yeah, I think he he would have a, a, a better chance, obviously, against power forwards of the type ends. Not so much Cam Oliver, but Cam's going to have his hands full with Plumley. Nate's going to be, you know, in there for a few minutes uh, sub to, to give Cam a breather. But certainly at that four spot, Nick Kay seems the, the stronger sort of uh, option and, you know, he's a pretty good finisher and, and pretty cagey as well and a strong body. Mike's going to be rotating plays through until he gets an answer, until he gets uh, a solid contribution that, that sort of nullifies Nick Kay's uh, influence. So, yeah, I think it's going to be up to the players to step up. They're going to have to really step up and, and put the clamps on Nick Kay. They're going to have a chance. So, um, yeah, a big a big assignment for that four spot. Now, you're a good person to ask about this because you've had your own experiences of playing as a type Bands player visiting inside that arena over in Perth and doing it in finals matches. So you had one series back in 2015 where you won that game two to go straight through to the, the grand final series. So that's obviously a fond memory. The next time you visited, you lost the game two and were eliminated in what doubled as Mark Worthington's last NBL game as well. Is, is playing in Perth in a finals game different to anywhere else in the country or from a type Ants perspective, do you try to block out as much as you can where you're playing and just 
just have that laser focus. It's certainly the best stadium in the league from my my point of view. Um, it's a it's an awesome venue, uh, really really world class. Uh, so it's exciting. You know, we we 2014-15 swept them in the semi-finals, one at home and one there in Perth. Um, you know, the 2017 season by hap- by happenstance it was a three-way tie, which we ended up being second and having the highest seed, but but blew that game in Cairns and then lost uh, game two in in Perth. So that was a Bryce at the hands of Bryce Cotton, who was quickly injected into the team late in the season for you know his 50k a month or whatever it was. Similar to how Plumlee's just been quickly inserted in, just to you know smooth over the finals process. So you know it's uh, it's an interesting one. But I mean, in terms of playing in Perth, you do block it out, and once your team gets in that rhythm, then it's enjoyable hoops. And certainly to to see uh, Wildcats get a cough up an L in front of 13,000, it's a very very rewarding rewarding experience. Yeah, I think you've talked about it before, Laos, where the two best sounds as a visiting basketball player over in Perth is the shush of the crowd, the complete silence when you hit a big shot at a big moment, and then the sound of the seats going up and the fans starting to walk out of the building. Yeah, look, there's, 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 two, there's two great sounds. One, the silence of the crowd, and two, the, the banging of the chairs as you stand up and they automatically flip up and they make that big clang. So it's like clang, 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 all the chairs and people are like, no, nah, game's over, I'm out. Oh, you don't want to stay to the end now? It's cool. Feed feed me that that audio sound of your chair. Um, you know, uh, thousands of chairs clacking up. So uh, you yeah, know, to silence a crowd like that would be huge. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, no matter how Friday night goes for the Taipans, how excited are you to be in the building on Sunday, one of the fifty three hundred people as part of the Orange Army, to watch your first game, first finals game as a spectator and be part of the the fan base? How much are you looking forward to that? Oh, it's been it's been enjoyable uh, this season. Pikey and also being connected and talking about it as we've done on the podcast and everything like that. I think it's been really rewarding. Obviously, I miss the games. Uh, I don't miss the the physical nature of the preparation that goes into games. Um, so yeah, for sure you miss the games. Um, it's always exciting and huge adrenaline playing and and being the ones in control of the outcome and um, you know working together as a unit. So uh, certainly miss all that that side of it. But yeah, no. But watching the game, um, you know, it's been really enjoyable. It's been a lot of fun and. And it's been exciting and the team having success is exciting to watch. Um, and the athleticism of this year's group, is um, it's been uh, just unbelievable. Obviously, Cam Oliver, you know, windmill dunk, yeah, reverse jams, massive alley-oops. Like, I, think he's, I think he's been the entertainment value that uh, people just haven't seen before in Cairns. So, yeah, it's just been awesome to watch. On the home floor, Sunday night, it's going to be a packed house. It's going to be loud. That's trying to make sure it's as loud as what? RSA Arena is on Friday. What are we? What are you expecting to see on Sunday night? Um, Taipans have to hold fort. Either way, if, if they win or lose in Perth, um, you still have to win this home game on Sunday. It's going to be you know packed house, five thousand three hundred. You know it's going to be loud in there. I think composure, composure, and having your your leaders, not only your floor general Scotty Machado, but you know your DJ Newells and Nate, just keeping the mood even keel. You don't want to get too hyped, and you don't want to get too lackadaisical. Just going, yeah. yeah yeah, it's another game. I got this. You know, you, you got to be somewhere in the middle. Um, so it's up to the to the player, the the captains, to be the barometer, and then um, for your superstar, um, you know, imports to um, sort of lead lead the way and show no fear, provide that mongle because the Wildcats are a physical team and they're a great unit and they've been there for 34 years and they've got rich history of playoff hoops and they're very well experienced in in 
you know, championship basketball. So they'll, they know how to tough out grindy games. I don't know if the type ends have been consistent in some of those grindy games. So perhaps, um, you know, that's, that's where they could be exposed or come undone. But, um, all in all, it's always going to be great experience for Mike Kelly and the, and the coaching staff to learn from anything that happens and hopefully learn quickly enough to, uh, secure W's at the end of the, the match. But, um, look, it's going to be, it's going to be a great atmosphere. It's going to be, uh, it's still, it's already awesome for the town that's been hit by a double, double bang of tourism downturns with bushfires and coronavirus with no bushfires actually singed the, the land up here, but it's certainly feeling the effects of all the tourism that's not coming into our uh, area. And, you know, so it's obviously boosted the spirits of the community. So, you know, we all love the, the local club. Um, we love the boys and we'd love nothing more than for them to uh, continue their success. But it's already in my books, it's a successful season. And, uh, you know, whatever happens, happens in this finals thing. But I think they've got some really solid foundations in place to, to have some um, success in the postseason. Yeah, for sure. I don't think anyone can deny it's been a successful season and nobody can can doubt that they've got a real chance of advancing to the grand final. So let's hope it happens over the next week. But before we get to your prediction, Laos, to close the show with, there's another semi-final series to look forward to as well. Now, I don't think anyone has come here to the Pikey and Laos show looking for an in-depth preview of it, but we will touch on it. We've got the Sydney Kings who have been top of the ladder all season long, finished as regular season champions, taking on a Melbourne United team who just haven't clicked really all season until now to get into the playoffs. What are you expecting in that series, Laos? It's a funny one. Like Melbourne United is such a um, what do you call it? It's it's like a box of chocolates. Like you don't know what you're gonna get. Like you, you could you could get individual brilliance um, that gives you production um, where you need it, or you could get a a big big bowl of soup and you know no assists and and all that sort of stuff. So for the Sydney Kings, I expect a pretty uh, well even keel approach. I expect you know contributions from the bench. Um, um, that they've done all year. Like we spoke about, 31 points off the bench is the deepest team in the league. So, um, yeah, I think people have picked up the slack when others have been not been able to play. I mean, Kevin Lish, for, for the Kings, you got to think that, you know, that could be a bit disruptive, a bit disruptive for the, for the guys, and maybe they don't. No, absolutely. They've had, they've got Kevin Leash, Craig Muller, Diddy Lazada, all who haven't played much at all for, you know, the second half of the season and for pretty much the whole season in the case of Leash. Yeah, I mean, Craig's been out for quite a while. Uh, but yeah, yeah Muller and Leash sort of going, all right, we're back. We're ready to go. Well, hang on a minute. Brucey's been the one that's coming off the bench first. So we're going to roll with that. I, I, you know, and then I think Coach Will, will Weaver will you know, ease those guys in and let them dip their toe in the water, but he's going to be sticking with what was working uh, as best he can. You got a prediction for that series, Laos? Oh, I go Sydney. Uh, I think Melbourne might have spurts of brilliance. I mean, if I'm going to put my money somewhere, it's going to be Sydney Kings for sure. Let's go Sydney Kings in three games. Go Sydney Kings in three games, but I think that that third game is probably going to be a bit of a blowout. Yeah, I'd be amazed if the Sydney Kings don't end up making it given the season they've had, but at the same time this Melbourne United team they've got all the talent in the world so it's not a talent issue and they're they are the great enigma of this NBL competition so they could very well put it all together you know over the next week or so and then even into a grand final so you just never know 
It's so bizarre, isn't it? It's just, it's an intriguing one because you've got just the combination that they stumbled upon late in the season, Trimble off the bench, all of a sudden they've got their hierarchy right with their starting five, Golding can be the man, and then bring in the, the dog squad off the bench and Trimble, pretty pretty effective scorer, pretty prolific scorer to be honest. Um, if that's all his, he has to do is just come in and, you know, be 20 points a game, then Dean Vickerman might, might look pretty but he might have stumbled onto finally how this this Melbourne United team is going to actually get some W's on the board in the postseason so I mean who knows who knows what could happen <laughs> this episode of the Pikey and Lau show proudly brought to you by Cairns Total Physio less pain more life Staten's Plumbing Company plumbers who care and your fitness your body your choice your time your fitness Well, either way, that's hope what we see in that series is worth watching in terms of finding out who the Taipans end up playing in the grand final. So that's all ahead of us. Been another big show here on the Pikey and Laos show. Big thanks to Tom Ma from Cairns Total Physio for catching up with you, Laos. Big thanks to you for spending some more time with me. Hopefully all of our listeners have enjoyed it once again. And, of course, don't forget, tune in on the TV on Friday night to watch Game 1 against the Wildcats and then make sure you're there at Cairns Convention Centre on Sunday for Game 2 of this semi-final series. Now, Laos, your final thoughts and your prediction for this big series. Mate, I do think this game is going to go to three games and the reason why I say that is I think the Taipans will very quickly settle into the game or or find a rhythm but it might come too late in game one, but I'm not saying that they can't do it. I just think this series is too tight to call as a uh, whitewash in two game series. I think the, I think this series will go to three games and Taipans will find their uh, place in the grand final series at the end of it. So we're going to Taipans win in this semi final series against Perth Wildcats. Uh, it's going to be within single digit margins all the way, and it's going to be pretty tight. So calm the Taipans, calm the Snakes, and bring on the Sunday home game as well because that's going to be epic. Yeah! <laughs>